0: You're listening to the High Gravity Sessions with Matt and Chris. This is episode zero of the High Gravity Sessions. It is July 1st, 2019. I'm Chris Darum. And I am Matthew Black. You might be wondering, what are we actually doing? We know that a group of white guys is called a podcast, but we figure we do more than just hang around. It's the collective
1: and talk. term for it exactly. now. Exactly. It's, <laughs>
0: it. it's, it's like a flamboyance of flamingos <laughs> or uh, uh, parliament of owls or a podcast of white dudes. <laughs> We also like beer. I know this is such a rare thing, but we we enjoy the beer, specifically craft beer, and more specifically, Virginia craft beer. We're, We're very proud of our local scene and we want to highlight not only the good things, and there are lots and lots of good things, we'll talk extensively about the good things, but also the bad things and just things that are just going on in general, what's going on with breweries and what have you, any major regulations or laws changing the way you can enjoy your beer. And some of this
1: will, you know, expand on larger issues and also kind of zero in on on closer to home issues. 2018 was the first year uh, that craft beer sales had seen not necessarily decline in increase, but legitimately a decline in just general revenue. So everything now is focusing back on the local. And we're going to do a fair amount of
0: that. Um we'll also talk about national and international craft beer news and general beer news because guess what Bud Light's not going away anytime soon so if they have if they're making news that we need to take take heed of we'll take heed of
1: it There will always be new flavors of Michelob Ultra always
0: It's the one is the one constant in the in the universe which is odd, because I didn't think Michelob Ultra had flavor to begin with Ah <laughs> Oh, you haven't you haven't
1: had a three year old cactus lime Michelob Ultra. <laughs> it's
0: true, I have not, and my 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 streak goes unbroken. So, but anyway, yeah. So let's. I guess we should. Enough about this. the mission statement. Yeah, enough, no, well, no. Let's about talk about us. What we're doing. Let's talk about what who we are. I'm Chris Darren. I am a failed lawyer. <laughs> uh but uh you know, craft beer enthusiast. I'm not saying I would be. a I think I am not a Cicerone by any stretch of the means, but I know my way around a hop or two. And I am Matthew Black. Uh, Did the restaurant
1: thing. Still do the restaurant thing. I've had uh, about, I'd say about 12 years in the industry. Um, I was not 21 uh, when it all started, nor is this... Uh, Admission of consuming alcohol under the age of 21, but... Oh, I did it plenty, (laughs) but it was
0: overseas, so you can't catch me, cops.
1: How? Can't get them. Now, um, yeah, I've worked in restaurants a long time. Uh, I once competed in a wing-eating competition. Uh, That's a fun one. And uh, I moved to Virginia in 2010. Uh, the first beer I had when I first moved here was uh, O'Connor's Great Dismal Black IPA, and that really was kind of a wake-up call to me. Mississippi, we had a few craft breweries. Um, now they're up to maybe 12. Uh, but then it was one. We're it was one, and know. it was a good one, and you liked it. Yeah. Um, and we had some access to some craft uh, global brands of craft beer. Uh, when I moved here, it really was kind of an eye-opener, eye-opener to see a volume a volume that has quintupled since I probably moved here in 2010 and that's a really exciting thing to see. So Chris, what
0: was the last uh, fun beer that you've had? Last fun beer that I've had. Ooh, well, let's see. I it was probably when we went to Ouzel Okay. And that was that was a wonderful I had on one of their hazy, hazy IPAs. That was quite tasty. And then, you know, one of their many, many tasty sours. Like, they're... They know exactly what they want to make, and they do it well Yeah, over there. At a beautiful location, too. Oh, yes. it's a fantastic location. It was also a wonderful day when we were there.
1: Yeah, uh, recently, I had the chance to run up to Legend Brewing Company. They're Kind of... One of the forefathers of the yes, Virginia Craft Beer. Yes, beers when here. looking at Virginia Craft Beer, they are one of the elder statesmen. Uh, they just celebrated their 25th anniversary. Here, here. Um, and they've they're doing a series of anniversary double IPAs which is a style you don't see them do a lot of they tend to stick more towards at least in distribution they tend to stick more towards very 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 simple brown simple but well done brown ales exactly. lagers they're not
0: looking to be a incredibly experimental with the beers that they make. Yeah. And, and some of the one-offs they've done uh, have
1: been really nice, too. They did the first Oyster Stout I'd ever tasted. That's a beer that's filtered through oyster shells. Oh, it was yeah. their Edward Teach Oyster Stout back in 2013. And, yeah, they recently re- uh, have been releasing a line of dippas. I got a chance to try the second three dippas they're releasing over the course of the month of June. Um, really liked it. A well-done hopped IPA is my fetish. It's well, you know <laughs> what?
0: Feet our minds, But hey
1: <laughs> So yeah
0: um, I enjoyed that recently Absolutely. And yeah So enough about us And you'll get to know more and more about us As we continue to do this And once we start actually numbering these podcasts Because hey We're at zero right now We're at the bottom floor <laughs> This is this is the last episode of the podcast We decided to start right there
1: Some of these parts will be seen in future episodes oh, Maybe As long as the events aren't occurring before July 4th. If that's the case, then we will retool those stories (laughs) about the larger
0: impact of those stories. All right, enough about us. It's time to get into the thick of it. Matt has a healthy list of news happening in the beer world, both local and national and international. So let's just start off with some global beer
1: news. Our first story, Dogfish Head and the Boston Beer Company Merger. Uh, Dogfish Head and the Boston Beer Company uh, they have merged um, Dogfish Head received about $300 million with merger I, I'm going to have to double check that uh, but the merger deals for $300 million if you're looking at craft beer you really cannot ignore the decades of work that, the Boston, sh- beer that, that Com- Boston Beer Company and Jim Cock have done um, between you know, Sam Adams Angry Orchard and Twisted Tea, that corporation has generally been a brand leader. One of the hardest issues they had was breaking into the IPA game. Uh, if you remember back in two thousand fifteen, that was around the time you saw the premiere of Rebel IPA. That was I remember that Boston Beer Company spent so many millions on that. They had their the Rebel IPA, Rebel Rouser, Rouser the rebellious teenager, uh, not so rebellious. I don't. Uh, the rebel yell. I, they've they tried. They tried. They tried. They really just couldn't hit the mark. Um, and slowly but surely, you've seen rebel IPA s- slowly fade away. Um, that being said, you look at Dogfish Head, their brand. What they have done has not been unimportant. Um, yeah. They were first of all pioneers of
0: craft. Pioneers craft. They. They built their brand on their IPAs. Like you, you can't, can't forget about sixty minute, and ninety minute IPAs. Yeah.
1: Between that, uh, their small batch products, uh, their historical program they've been doing with the University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes sense. Uh, yeah, the, the, that's the, that's where you
0: want to make the uh, the minus touch and the Chateau Yahoo. Uh, Theobroma, which Theobroma.
1: A, bu- a buddy of mine, Theobroma was his mm-hmm. wedding beer. That wedding was at the Doctor Head Brew Pub in Hoboth Beach, which has now been demolished and replaced with a state-of-the-art facility. But again, you have these two guys doing two things very well, and in the merger, you know, I don't see I don't see a change in the quality
0: of sixty minutes. Right.
1: Um, if you've looked at all the market successes you've seen with Flesh and Blood IPA and the and the rollout of that product, and their Sequin Shale, which has been very popular, it really is a marriage of convenience for both parties. Plus, Sam Caligone has a seat on the board, exactly. and that is important.
0: It's very important. <laughs> yeah, it's looking like this is not one of those Anheuser Busch acquisitions of a of, of a craft label, just yeah. to, just so they can produce more... Yeah. You know, the
1: labels will still, you know, I think the labels will still say the same. I don't think... There, there's, too,
0: there's too much value in the Dogfish name yeah. to take that away. And with that, you know, Dogfish,
1: with the merger with Boston Beer Company, I think that's really where you're going to see Dogfish head finally break it into all 50 states. Uh, they were in 46 states for a long time. Um, and then during the, some fa- I want to say the biggest difficulty they had and why they pulled out of states like Tennessee was that they could not keep up with demand. That is a fact. That is a categorical fact. That's not and, a bad problem to and have. And having the resources of Boston Beer Company's numerous production facilities across the United States, you're not going to see Dogfish Head try break into the cider market, you know. They've already got Boston do Boston Beer Company doing that with Angry Orchard, which has already beat out, you know, Woodchuck as the kind of brand leader for cider for cider consumption in the exactly, United States. Exactly. Your rose ciders. My out.
0: real question, though, is what you know with the Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head merging and they're forming this rather large company. <clears throat> at what point? Do we get to still call Boston Beer Company a craft brew beer? Are are they, are, are they now like a leading domestic beer company?
1: Based on the lobbying that Sam Calagone, or not Sam Calagione that, that that Jim Cock has done for uh, Boston Beer Company, never. If uh, <laughs> you look at the at the charts and and how the uh, craft brewer how. How the craft brewery alliance is worked out, like that's why that's why Sam Adams is still there. You know, Sam Adams, they're the ones who are constantly constantly putting in money to make sure that they still have a seat with the kids table. Um they are the biggest child. They are a very large man child. (laughs)
0: They're the ones who (laughs) control the gravy at that table. And
1: yeah, that's the discussion. What happens if what happens when you want all the gravy? I don't know. Will Sam Calgon being on the board of Boston Beer
0: Company? How much, how much influence will you truly have?
1: Yeah. And that's to be seen. You know, this news was only announced a couple months ago. It sounds like it was fairly quick, a fairly quick move. Sam and the Boston Beer Company team... They met in, I think, October. I think Sam wanted to find... He'd been looking to pay off the $137 million loan that had been taken out for the company to help with distribution, hiring new salespeople and getting back out into the market. This is definitely the way um, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Boston Beer Company. They bought the debt, cleared it. Exactly. And, um, and yeah, Sam Calgon, maybe maybe he'll put spinners on his, on, his, on his red Ford truck. There we go. <laughs> So, our next story isn't so much a success, but it's not a failure. Um, (laughs) It's not necessarily a failure at all. Yeah. Uh, We will be discussing uh, Stone Berlin. Stone Brewing Company announced about four or five years ago that they would be opening up the first American craft brewing facility in uh, Europe, specifically in Germany. Um, That was bad. That was a big deal. And it was a long process. Uh, unfortunately, it
0: just was a bit too big of step for them. Uh, so I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's hard to break into the European market with American crafts. St- yeah. American-style craft beers. And
1: I would say it's twice as hard
0: in Germany. They know a thing or two about their beers.
1: They know about their beers. They know what beers they like from some of my friends who've been living over in Germany, it still is a very niche market. Uh, there is a market for it in other countries. Leaking can hold, you know, to slide a little bit more towards Virginia. Um, you've had Hardywood sign distribution plans for distribution throughout the United Kingdom, which is a
0: big deal. Big market. Uh, like <laughs>
1: there's a desire for American craft beer, that was not Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but there was there has been a desire. Uh, Hardywood announced last fall that they'd signed a deal with, with several of the pubcos in the UK to start bringing on Hardywood craft beer. Uh, Licking Hole Creek just finished signing uh, distribution deals in France and in the Netherlands, I believe? Yes, the Netherlands. Um I'm not biased, even though I am wearing a Lincoln Hole Creek T-shirt. There is a desire in that market. Yeah, there is
0: a desire, but it doesn't seem like it's enough a desire to warrant a multi-million dollar brewing facility. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll export the beer over to Europe, but we won't yeah. necessarily... Also, this is probably in relation to the announcement of ter- tariffs and duties being levied left and right on who knows what.
1: For our whiskey podcast, which we'll follow well, up I'm with later, sure. <laughs> which is clearly coming up later, there's more to discuss about that, oh, especially definitely. with, specifically, Virginia distilleries that had plans that that certain whiskey tariffs have now Both harmed whis-
0: their business. Both whiskey tariffs and maybe the complications cu- arising from whatever the hell is going on with Brexit. Yes! So yeah, uh, with... Uh, with Stone uh, announcing their
1: closure of their Berlin facility, uh, the Scottish Brewers Brew Dog
0: have decided to purchase the facility. It's a beautiful facility. And. It seems like a smarter move. It's yeah. Brew Dog's sweeping in where Stone yeah. would, might have been a little too far extended.
1: They are, you know, and Stone's not leaving Germany. They still have a tap room, they still plan on distributing to Germany. Um, But the takeover of the facility has basically resulted in Brewdog being able to use the facility to produce their own beers, um, which are definitely American-style craft beers, but they're not looking to go crazy with the facility. The takeover has aligned themselves as a contract brewery, allowing various operations, smaller brewers in Germany to actually have a facility to brew. Some of these younger brewers who are a little more experimental, they're not going to be able to rent out, Vi Stefan to make a hazy IPA. Uh, Vi Stefan's too busy brewing Vi Stefan, exactly. and they're allowed to brew it because they've been brewing Vi Stefan since the 11th century. Yes, before uh,
0: there was a printing press, <laughs> there, there
1: was the Vi Stefan Brewery, uh, who, funny enough, paired up with the Boston Beer Company back in 2009. So yeah, the takeover um, will allow contra- will allow the space to be used for contract brewers. It's not new.
0: Um, yeah, this is definitely not... My local brewery from
1: South Mississippi uh, used contract brew for several breweries in Louisiana and Mississippi. But this trend has provided tremendous growth for small breweries looking to branch up nationally as well as in their home market. A uh, great example of this is Cigar City. Uh, Cigar City was, I would say, for the East Coast, the equivalent of Pliny the Elder and just desire to try the Cigar City's High IPA. And then 2013, 2014, when you had a South Korean company open up this massive production facility, suddenly Cigar City's been able to distribute on the East Coast. They're being able to send to the Midwest. Uh, I literally just got back from Disney World. Um, I cannot think of any hotel in the twenty plus hotels that make up the Disney resort complexes that didn't offer highlight in twelve ounce cans, sixteen ounce cans, or on drafts. Sometimes Disney contracts won't hurt.
0: <laughs> Listen, you, you don't you don't go against the mouse when you're in in Orlando, so
1: Yeah. And speaking of breweries that that have partnered with the House of Mouse, we get to the last big story of uh, our global look. Ballast Point Ballast Point has not had a great year despite opening a brew pub in California's downtown Disney uh, in April of this year um, which I could not get a seat at because they were busy every day uh, because it's a brew pub in, in downtown Disney Yeah. yeah besides that uh, their owner, Constellation Brands have announced the closure of two of their facilities, one in San Diego, one in in Temecula, and the, I want to say, they were going to open up a facility in San Francisco that has also uh, been shuttered. I'm going to read a little bit uh, detailing... What has happened since Bows Point was purchased by Constellation Brands for $1 billion uh, since 2015? Uh, this is from NBC News 7. Uh, Stephanie McGuane, communications manager for Constellation Brands, told NBC 7 the company is closing the two Bows Point locations in SoCal to align resources based on declining craft Trends. One of the saddest stories, so you, sorry, I'm done with that part. Yeah. Uh, but the brew pub in Temecula, located yeah. in southwestern Riverside County, has been open since 2016. It is closed, effective immediately as of April. Um, but then their Trade Street facility, which was a 40 barrel brew house located adjacent to their Mir- Miramar brew pub in San Diego, has also been closed uh, just immediately. This gets really sad when you uh, hear the story of how 1,400 barrels had to be destroyed. Wooden barrels no, that had no. been aging, Victory at Sea, oh, uh, and so many of their other products. Oh, no, 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 Because... No. I'd, rather
0: watch, I'd rather watch churches burn. Come on. <laughs> no. You, you know, can't, um,
1: can't be doing that to the... Even, even just to the barrels. 1,400. Thou- 1,400
0: barrels. Just think of those coopers and the hard work they put yeah. into making those barrels. Just um, they for were nuts. all
1: dumped, uh, and that news comes from about two weeks ago. Super sad. McGwain the communications director for Constellation Brands, uh, she stated that no other San Diego Ballast Point Group Pubs or tasting rooms would close. In addition to these moves, Constellation Brands is also halting its plans to open a Ballast Point Brew Pub in San Francisco that was the third one I talked about what does this mean for the Virginia expansion program right now it's still on the books Uh, if you go to the the Ballast Point Brew Pub in downtown Disney uh, if you walk in because you can't get a seat and they're not letting anyone in because it's too busy. Uh, You can see a timeline of ballast point activities. Uh, They did not mention these closures, uh, but they did still mention the fact that they had opened in 2017 a facility in Daleville, Virginia, which is wrong. (laughs) They have not built that facility. Um, And the question goes to see if they're going to see more of a decline in the market, will that facility ever happen? You know, are we looking at another green flash situation? Chris? I I just threw deeds at you. Threw threw some news on you.
0: I mean, I wouldn't hold your breath about about Bell's point. Like, if if they're shutting down local brew pubs, what what sense does it make to open a facility all the way on the other side of the country? Yeah, and they're, and they
1: still are, you know, they're still distributing heavily in these markets. You know, the ballast point we're consuming in Virginia is produced back in California. But how long do you keep that up? Exactly. Uh, especially when your your corporate masters have already decided their return on investment is not as happy as they wanted. Though you know, people people sh- people have been pooping on the uh, one billion dollars. Yeah, they probably overpaid. But you know what? You all overpaid for a. Uh, a gateway computer in 1998. <laughs> like, <laughs> but those boxes had cow print on them. What's
0: not to love about that? <laughs> Maybe that's the marketing strategy and they need about yeah. one. They just need to put cow patches yeah. on all their cans. Dude,
1: you spent $2,500 for a Dell. Like, yeah, you could spend less on a Dell now, yeah. but there's some whining, specifically from Constellation Brands, that I think it's just a bit overreaching. However, if I do get hired by uh, Constellation Brands, I do love Constellation Brands. Constellation (laughs) Brands are our favorite brands. Funky Buddha makes the coolest uh, tap handles ever. Um, You can't can't judge a brewery on tap handles, but a tap handle in the shape of the Buddha is nice. I mean,
0: you can't judge a brewery by a tap handle, but if they're not putting any effort into the tap handle, it might be indicative of more things. At the same time, uh, you
1: can look at you can look at editorials on both BruteBound.com and Good Beer Hunting, uh, highlighting a decline in market leadership to a more uh, reactionary approach. If you you Bows know, Point was a leader for a very long time. The gold standard for a bit really was Sculpin. Sculpin, grapefruit Sculpin. Oh, yeah. That comes um, from Sculpin. Yeah. However, they've kind of, I would say, the last two years <laughs> since the buyout by Constellation Brands, they've moved more towards a leadership role to more of a reactionary role. Um, that being said, Constellation Brands, uh, with the decline they've seen with the beer, um, they're still investing over $4 billion into the c- Canadian Canopy Growth Corporation.
0: Gotta get money in that weed, folks. That weed, baby. It's that that that, coming that, for you. That demon lettuce is coming for you soon. That, that sticky-icky, you know. Yeah. Um, but... On that note, we're going uh, to drop down to... Uh, Let's what are we drinking now? We're cracking open a nice Virginia Beer Company high heat. It's going great way to get through this hot weather. It's a, nice it's a lovely
1: 5.5% session ale brewed with lemon drop and citra hops. Lemon drop hops uh, tend to provide a beer that's certain, almost a lemon limey, spritey flavor. And that's not like a sparkling seltzer, uh, but it really does. You can add a lemon drop hops to a pilsner, and suddenly it's like it,
0: it explodes with flavor. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun. It's, it's fun. it's fun. It's it's another like I'm just gonna lay it out there. I'm a big fan of the Virginia Beer Company. I'm not gonna lie. I I like the, the beers they have. They try to be experimental things. They're not willing. They they're willing to take a risk. If it doesn't turn out, they're willing to just. Move on to the next thing. It happens, and I think they're better off for it. I like their adventurous spirit.
1: I am sad to see their uh, dry-hopped amber ale go, but uh-huh. uh, they are going with trends. Their new... Uh, their are
0: you, their uh, new Liquid
1: Escape. Uh, yeah, liquid Tart escape. ale brewed with lemongrass and Australian mm-hmm. sea salt. It's, it's, uh, um, it's definitely moving more towards what the market's looking yeah. for.
0: It's a nice... Mild sour, I'd say. Nothing... Yes. Not, nothing too extreme. It won't, it won't make your face pucker, but will It's a nice refreshing taste that It's not like a lager or anything like that. It's, it still has some body to it.
1: Looking for the the press release that they sent Brewbound three days ago. Okay. And I found it! So that's what we're drinking on right now. Uh, Virginia Beer Company's High Heat. It will be available for most of the summer. When I used to put this on draft... At my bar, it tended to go over very well.
0: So uses a lovely red, white, and blue motif on the packaging. Uh, so, Which which leads us, I guess, talking about Virginia beer, beer news and uh, Virginia alcohol news in general. Today, today is July 1st, and that's a landmark day. Because... Virginia restaurants can now adverti- advertise their happy hour specials, including prices and in what they're actually selling. This this is a uh, a big deal. A big deal. It's like we've it's like we went to sleep and and woke up in
1: nineteen seventy when people could advertise happy hours.
0: Matt, Matt said he's worked in the restaurant industry, and I've worked in the resta- restaurant industry for longer than I care to admit. But hey. Yeah, um, and I will, I will
1: say when I first, when we were developing the restaurant, developing everything, when I suddenly looked at the rules regarding happy hours, I was but blown away were, at how... How restrictive they are compared <laughs> to other states.
0: Uh, just. Other
1: states, it was just a total, it, it was mind-boggling. It, it was mind-boggling, um, anti-consumer,
0: because you're just denying consumer. anti-free speech. If there's something America loves... It's free speech. Uh. And so another thing Mecca loves, it's drinking, because we tried to get rid of that, it did not go over well. So, And the rule, yeah. Free speech and drinking go hand in hand, and that's actually why we have this change.
1: Yeah, um... The Virginia General Assembly passed this uh, overwhelmingly, uh, 97 to 3. Give bars and restaurants a little more leeway. At the same time, we still have certain restrictions.
0: Yeah, but these are more common sense restrictions. Like, you can't yeah. advertise to minors. You can't advertise about the intoxicating effects of your happy hour specials, necessarily. You can't say, let's get drunk on Wednesdays. It's, uh, that's, that's a bit too much. But you can say, enjoy a beverage. Yeah. At
1: the same time, the, the steps to get here have been noticeable. The first attempt to change these happy hour laws first appeared in 1985. That year in the Washington Post, we get to Jeff Tracy... Uh, the restaurant owner behind Chef Joff's in Vienna and Washington, he put it in a Washington, Washington Post column he penned this year. Virginia officials apparently feared that consumers who read a signed advertising drink specials would succumb to the dark temptations of
0: demon rum, leading to their ultimate ruin. It's very, very prohibition era P- pearl clutching Let's just say a little, little overreactive, but let's face it eighty three eighty five you definitely had guess who's in Virginia? You have Pat Roberts and Jerry Falwell. They're going to, yeah. and they were much more influential than they are now. Yeah it yeah. In twenty nineteen with social media to not be able to
1: describe the kind of things you can offer to do business and also what they
0: absolutely twenty nineteen so- with a Virginian Democratic Party that's been very pro mm-hmm. Virginia brewers and Virginia alcohol. You know, yeah, you Terry McAuliffe opening up the the governor's cagerator exactly, but uh, <laughs> the people's cagerator. But also opening up the the tasting room laws to allow for all these breweries to come up. So it's pretty much been an unofficial plank of the Virginia Democratic Party to say drinks are on us, business is good, baby.
1: So speaking more on Virginia, uh, the Virginia Craft Brewers Cup uh, was just a few weeks ago. Um yes, indeed. that is
0: the Who's Who of Virginia Brews. But yeah, Best and Show going to uh, New Realm Brewing with their Euphonia Pilsner.
1: New Realm's pretty interesting. So they are they are originally Atlanta based company. And right. it was they had started off, they were producing a little bit uh, in a smaller facility. Um, but apparently they had enough liquid capital to buy up the Green Flash facility, <laughs> the multi-million dollar Green Flash facility. I don't know if they bought Green Flash's debt, but they still owe the city of Virginia Beach for the facility. But they bought this massive facility where everything was practically brand new. Um, they had a yes. bottling line, even though everyone was like, oh, I need to move over to cans. Uh, they basically inherited a free canning line with that space, an unused can line. Uh, one of the biggest complications they had, though, uh, and something you know, right now they're probably loving um, as they just opened up this past winter, going into spring and summer, one of the biggest concerns I heard from locals regarding Green Flash not catching on as much as a uh, friendly outdoor facility uh, was that it was just too cold. Uh, during the it wasn't very climate controlled from the inside. Uh-huh. Uh, lots of glass doors, lots of revolving doors, and just a very narrow tap room sort of thing. But that's that's neither here nor there. My concern, and I'm friends with uh, a lot of the sales team with New Realm, um, but it seems just a little bit weird for the complete embracement of the judges with the Virginia Craft Brewers Guild
0: of New Realm. Well, I mean. Would you say it's because they're coming from it, from Georgia, or just...
1: Um, they are not locals. And great! Right. they're producing the beer here. So yes, but at this point, they are locals. But considering the second, the day, that Anheuser-Busch announced, and Devil's Backbone announced, that that Devil's Backbone was moving to be part of Anheuser-Busch's uh, craft options, the I think they called it the Golden Road. right, right. Um, right. The freak-out was instant. Virginia Craft Brewers' Cup had always been held at Devil's Backbone's facility. Within a day, they were kicked off of the Virginia Craft Brewers' Guild. They were, they were kicked out. There was so much anger towards that. And they relocated the, the festival component, which there's the cup, but then there's the festival right that's then. held over the summer. Later in the summer, where everyone goes out and... It's a,
0: more of a celebration rather than just a straight-up Yeah, the award, the
1: award ceremonies happened. It just seems... Contradictory, you say? It just seems contradictory for the reactions <laughs> that the Virginia Craft Guild treated Devil's Backbone with without even knowing a price. And the thing is, I don't think we'll ever know the price that, that anheuser Bush paid for Devil's Backbone. It just seems contradictory. the Crandalls, the family who owned Devil's Deff- Backbone, mm-hmm. very sweet people. Beer would keep up with their production. The but demand was still but We knew
0: this was going to happen. Like Anheuser Busch buying up Devil's Backbone is not news necessarily, but it just just seems odd it just
1: breaking four-year-old news. <laughs> it,
0: it, it was was it, it, it four-year? It, it, it
1: might have been. Might've been it was started three or four years ago okay. because it happened right after July for, or right after April 1st. Everyone thought it was a late April Fool's joke.
0: I mean, I, I can see where you come from about the where you draw a line with Devil's Back. But here, here's the thing about New Realm. They, did, they didn't acquire a company. They just moved into a facility like, like we were talking about earlier with BrewDog moving into where Stone couldn't work out, which is fine. And then you look at Stone. They're part of this competition, too, and they... They, they're not originally from Virginia, but they opened up a facility, so that gives them the end. And they compete with everyone else. And it's not like, yes, New Realm came in and won, but that's because they had a good beer. It's not because it's just their name. Because otherwise, Stone being there dominating every category, they did not do that. Stone uh, Stone did all right. Yeah. Let's not... let's. I'm not going to poo-poo on Stone. I'm <laughs> probably never going to do that, because they I, were really good. You know, Stone had to compete just like everyone else. New Realm competed just like everyone else. And so it's... They played by the rules, and they won, as opposed to Devil's Backbone, who they sold out.
1: Yeah, and I say that, too, as someone who regularly drinks New Realm Brewery beers on Wednesdays. It started around 9 p.m. Um, But at the time, at the time of the announcement, I thought it was just with how reactionary everything felt. You You can get away with not... You can get away with saying, all right, Devil's Backbone, you don't get to win any more awards now. Say, girl, buy entirely.
0: Oh, well. Once you sell yourself out to Anheuser-Busch, though, it's, it's kind of, you, you're you kind of turning your back away to crap beer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I mean, would you, would you welcome Goose Island if Anheuser-Busch decided to produce their product in Williamsburg? Wildcard kiddo, I've never liked Goose Island beers. Well, if I do
1: get hired by Anheuser Busch at any point in the future, I love Anheuser. I love Goose Island beers. I remember my first sip when I was drinking it in the three one two, which I believe is the area code for Chicago. I believe so. Uh, <laughs> I, I I've never drank a Goose Island beer in Chicago, um, but yeah, yeah. For me, my approach to it was, I enjoyed the concept. Of the idea that Vienna Lager, that my, that my parents could enjoy Vienna Lager in Mississippi. You know, that my wife's family could maybe enjoy a Vienna Lager with her family that lives out in, in
0: California.
1: You know, I hope that AB Bev
0: doesn't do bad things with those beers, but. The only time will tell. And, and the thing is, it's not. Like- it's not like Vienna Lager is the most difficult of styles to brew. It's not even my favorite beer.
1: Oh, no. Ever. <laughs> like,
0: no. So, yeah, moving on. Moving on. We're, um, we're, we're going back in time a little bit. We're going to talk about Rich Brow. Rich Brow Brewing. They say that they're opening something up in Chaco Bottom. So, yes. A young man by the name of Matthew
1: Mullett. um... Fantastic the pro- name,
0: by the way. That's sweet name. A-plus name. It's my
1: favorite name with my favorite hairstyle. He's in the process of opening up Rich Brow Brewing Company, resurrecting the name. Rich Brow was originally the name of a beer brewed by Home Brewing Company, starting around the end of Prohibition in 1933. The brewery itself, dating back to 1892. Yeah. Rich Brown made it until 1969 when the brewery at Clay and Harrison Streets ceased operation. While it said a, combined, a combination of declining sales, rising ingredient costs, and competition from giant breweries led to its demise. I mean, that's
0: that's not surprising. That t- yeah. that time in American beer history was a little dark when uh, the, kind of the rise of the... It was the rise of the big boys, uh, but you also had a
1: population who is more interested in these sort of bigger names if you and it's completely different now but then you know if you people saw higher value in your product if you if they know that you advertise your product in national you know in national publications, if you could be found nationwide, that was kind of the trend exactly. That was the death of small town breweries um, in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, across the board um, and the conglomeration of smaller breweries being bought up by larger and larger breweries.
0: This is interesting because I remember went to a Ritrao brew pub in Chaco, Chaco Slip. Uh, this was 0607 or oh seven, but this is not the same. Not the same. Um, around 2005, you had a restaurant
1: group, or mid-2000s, I'm not going to pinpoint one year. I'm not that good of a historian, but <laughs> uh, in the mid-2000s, you saw someone try to resurrect the name for a brew pub uh, that lasted for about five to seven years. That being said, uh, the, the uh, patent for Rich Brow was not hard for Mr. Mullet to find. Uh, patent or
0: Trademark. The trademark, person. yeah, the trademark. What I'd say, patent. He, he didn't invent beer. This like, is a lawyer here. Right? Uh, <laughs> he found out.
1: Uh, Mullet found out the rights have been available since 2013. So might as well use it. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, ring some value out of that. See what you can do. And yeah. Um,
1: and historically enough, will it be available in cans? Probably. Um, yeah. It would be silly to not try to. I mean, it is the growing <laughs> trend within beer. And Virginia is home to canned beers. In 1952, uh, you saw... Or no, in 1933... 35. Um, 35. Oh, it's in the next notes. Uh, home Brewing Company. So, a brewery out of New Jersey uh, wanted to experiment with a the first canned beer. The brewery was chosen in Richmond starting in 1935. The home brewing wouldn't offer rich brow in cans until 1952 homebrewing announced in 69 that they've been operating at loss for the past three years due to increasing competition higher costs they would cease ceasing operations uh, the headline that appeared in the richmond news leader accompanying this announcement read saddest day in richmond since april 1865 the sentiments that's, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> the sentiments uh, of the Richmond news leader are not shared by your podcast host today
0: yeah, or, or by most most Richmonders nowadays <laughs> like Richmond has, even, has, has has evolved as a as a city in in general It's a very progressive city Yeah it's it's a fun city Um
1: and I think honestly you know one of the big questions about um, about Rich Brow is, oh, great, yet another brewery opening up in Richmond. You
0: you, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting three or four breweries in Richmond. Yes. It's nice that they get to resurrect the name, but what are they offering?
1: And that's that's what I think they're going to do very well in because they're going to be able to tap into a certain Mm -hmm. level of brewing history with Richmond. Um, I know that uh, Mr. Mullet has offered... um, a chance for people to uh, real-time uh, provide input about the beers using tablet systems in the facility. I believe the brewery set to open in either July or August of this year, folks. Uh, I believe their preview party uh, has already sold out. And they're, they are still offering spots with their rewards program. It is called The Conspiracy. Oh, no. Their taproom is opening July 4th. So so three days, everybody. Three Three days. days. By the
0: time you probably listen to this podcast, it is already open. (laughs) If you found this podcast before July 4th... One, who are you? I'm so proud of you.
1: So, yes, it's $100 to join their uh, rewards program. Apparently, it's in my cart right now. Do I buy it? No. (laughs) But it's there for you, too. They're only limiting it to 50 people, which I just read. So if you want to blindly join in on this cool brewery, you should. Moving closer to the 757, we have the Vale inching closer
0: to its opening on south side. Um, I have never been to the Vale. Have you been to the Vale, I've not, been to, I've not been able to get to the Vale myself, but, I mean, their beer's fantastic. It is a constant hype machine from. What
1: I know of the Vale, Um, if you're not from Virginia, would you wait in line at Monday at four p.m. for a beer release? If yes,
0: if yes, welcome to the line. You're in the line at the
1: Vale in Richmond. Uh, I'd
0: say, boy, do we have a place for you?
1: So, the Vale has been very popular. They set up uh, their own distribution network that handles the distribution of their beer as well as Commonwealth beer to. The Richmond Markets, uh, they handle the distribution for a few other smaller smaller breweries. They're all critical darlings. But this July 4th, if you're not in Richmond <laughs> at the Rich Brow Grand Opening, because they, are, they don't have any more spots available, um, you could be in Norfolk for a pop-up. We are doing a one-day Fourth of July draft pop-up at the Nauticus Pier. Uh, we're stoked to be pouring beer right on the water with one of the best views of Norfolk's fireworks. Be there; they'll be there from noon to eleven p.m. on Thursday. So come enjoy your day off with us. Last pour at eleven p.m. Draft list will be released when we we'll get closer. Uh, we will not be selling any to-go beers. Draft pours will be for on-site consumption only. And they did post their draft list. It's a lo- It's a lot of things. Um, but if you like IPAs, if you like Imperial Stouts brewed with pineapple and coconuts, if you like 8% Imperial Berliner Vices with blood orange, raspberry, and sweet cherry... I mean, um, what's something to like about that? If, <laughs> uh, if you like any of these things and more, you should go to the Nauticus Pier. Uh, as for
0: July 4th. July 4th as part of the water site. And then it also says that they're looking to open up their their Norfolk location, an actual permanent location, not just pop up in September. Is it September on the opening? It day says on September, so that's Sorry, a, I have
1: I have not been able to find. It's not been as clear to me when they were doing it. At least but I was that's, excited.
0: About that's that's when they're anticipating. And the, you know what? That's the more craft beer you can get in in Southside, the better. Yeah. I think. It's yeah. So
1: now uh, we're to creep up just a little bit closer. To us uh, in Williamsburg, Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about some new stuff happening in York County. The Twisted Knot Brewing Company in Newport News has recently opened. Um, They're located literally down the street from Tradition Brewing Company in Newport News. Some might even call it stumbling distance. Stumbling distance. Uh, Their focus is on a more smaller production range. Tradition, I think, uh, they're looking for more... Distro, they're looking to send their stuff out and be a little more widely available. Twisted Knot is looking to be more of a destination brewery. Okay. Um, more of a, you're not going to be able to find this unless you're here. Which can work. Which
0: could. Which I mean, if you can, if you can make that a location to go to in Newport News, it, yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. There's, Newport News can always use more places like that where you, you want to can. go someplace in Newport News.
1: And especially when they're using pre-existing buildings. I think they used a pre-existing building. But they could have opened anywhere, but they said, they, you know they what? They open here. <laughs> they said, they're like, we got this big dick energy. We're moving down the street from tradition. And, you yeah, know, they'll probably compliment each other very well and serve two very different clientels. I don't know the guys personally behind it. I know them through a friend, uh, and I actually had a friend who made it down from one of the preview weekends, who said the beer was fantastic.
0: So is, has this opened yet, or is it going to open? Like, uh, Twisted Knot is open. It is now.
1: open. Uh, Canon on Canon Boulevard. Uh, they advertise themselves as a nano brewery, and to my knowledge, they have no sort of distribution at all. But apparently, they're nice guys. I don't know the guys. I know guy. I know the guys. Are friends of mine. So. They're probably all right. Uh, The next guys I would like to talk about, and this is a group I didn't even know existed until last night, breaking news is Coastal Fermentary.
0: Off the presses, Coastal Fermentary.
1: Also in Newport News. They
0: are looking to open... Looks like 23rd Street next to uh, the Ironclad Distillery Company.
1: Yes. Mm There's not much information about Coastal Fermentary. I got turned on to it from uh, the Drink Virginia... Facebook page, Uh, they literally just added it to their database, uh, drinkvirginia.com, that's a fantastic database for all of your
0: drinking in Virginia needs. Uh, (laughs) So this might be a be on the lookout, and maybe when they have more information we'll actually talk this on an actual... Yeah, it'll be great, it'll be great, we'll We'll, we'll learn some more. Yeah, so let's go... so we've mentioned them. We're going to punt on it right now. This will be mentioned in yeah. the actual podcast. Episode. There's there's the yeah. podcast bump. There there's we that go. there's that Chris Matthew bump that they were looking guess, for. Guess what? You get to hear more of in later episodes. Coastal fermentation news. Yeah,
1: fermentary. Uh, and our last note n- news of our last note of news. Um, no. uh, Beals is a count has just announced a second location in York County. Do um, so you know? Do you know anything about Beals? I Perhaps. do not know much Beals about Beals. Is badass. Um, well, that's you could say card. you could say there's there's market saturation, but or you know some people could say oh there might be market saturation in York County with all the breweries that you have. I mean, you could say there's not. market
0: saturation in Virginia, just yeah. But no,
1: no, Beals Beals is a different beast altogether. Uh, they're headed by James Frazier. Uh, James Frazier, he. Was and still is one of the head brewers for Tra- Trapezium Brewing Company that opened right. up in June 2016. Um, famously, I held their first uh, off-premise party at oh, my okay. bar yes, a long yes. time ago. Um, Kirk Chandler day. is Kirk Chandler is a cool dude. He gave me and my wife matching T-shirts, and he gave my staff Trapezium pens. So that was pretty cool. Oh, so okay. Trapezium Brewing Company, founded in Petersburg, located uh, near the Trapezium House. Which apparently is a house with no right
0: angles. Well, no. I mean, it follows to the name, then. Yes, <laughs> no
1: right angles. No right uh, angles. They produce a. They have usually around twelve or fourteen beers on draft in a time. Uh, they actually have pizza ovens in the tap room. Ooh, they produce their own
0: pizzas. Very nice. Uh, I, I I I like that. Yeah, I like that. Trouble Crossing also does that in the yeah. Landing uh, Vassar Run down in in Virginia Beach, they make mm. their own pizza. Love yeah, it. Yeah. It works out well Like when Get a a food truck To come on by If you can just Cook pizza People people will come on by
1: So Trapezi opened up In 2016 James He's this rock star Brewer He Gets enough Encouragement And produces A solid enough Project Or solid enough uh, Product To encourage Investment Which is then Followed by Beals Beals is located uh, In Bedford Virginia They They Really do kind of special uh, we use their words. Simple thrills for curious folks. We make beer in Bedford, Virginia, a sleepy town with secret treasures. You just discovered one of them. They are a brewery and barbecue
0: restaurant. Um what So are, yeah, if yeah. you're in Bedford, Virginia, first drive speed limit. Notorious speed traps. <laughs> Notorious do you speak But also now check out Beals.
1: So yeah, Spiels, they're really cool, man. I can't really i their beer is very simple, but very complex. It's really designed. It's really designed as a beer drinker's beer. Okay. Um, they're very it's, so, you know, so, so, so so expand on that. What do you, what so, you mean? What do you mean by simple right, and complex? All right. So uh, one of their head one of their flagships is their gold. It's just called gold. Okay. It's a it's a Munich household Munich pale lager.
0: Pale lager. Okay. Four
1: point eight B V. Yeah, nothing. They've got their silver, their silver classic German heffy Okay. They're red. It's a West Coast style red there's, IPA.
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with these styles. These are legitimate styles yeah. that people should enjoy. Um, They're
1: IPA. It's
0: called IPA. <laughs> it's very. Yeah, th- yeah. You know, sometimes I want something. similar. sometimes I don't want to think about. Yeah. Does this hazy the, IPA have lactose along with their boysenberry? It's like yeah. sometimes I just just want the IPA. This is yeah. a straight for IPA or a straight.
1: Very very straightforward. Uh, they just released uh, two days ago their strawberry lemonade. In the past, they've produced uh, peach tea blonde ale. It's all really simple beer, but at really
0: good prices. You know what? <laughs> and you know what? That might be actually yeah. a uh, reflection of what the tastes are like out yeah out in that area. Not I'm not trying to denigrate that. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's going to be different, and yeah. especially with peach tea, I'm sure that goes over real well in that area
1: so yeah. so I've always their head brewer um, when I was running a restaurant if we ever brought on one of his beers I could text him real quick hey this co- let's, coconut porter I had a coconut milk porter I was trying to figure out if it had lactose or if it was coconut milk it turns out it was kind of both it was it was a milk porter right. uh, but they had roasted 120 pounds of coconut in their pizza ovens and then now you're talking. Put about it stop. in the back. Put it in the back. Yeah, like, yeah. They did uh, trapezium. They did a coconut blonde ale that really
0: was the pina colada song. Uh, mm. like it was. Okay. It, it was. It was just really good stuff. All right. So I have they announced an opening date for this location? Um. They.
1: This is what's sad because I would go work for them in a heartbeat if they were opening soon. Right. Um, but they. So groundbreaking will begin in. They select a spot. They um, select a spot. I'm not sure where it is. And
0: is it just going to be a tasting room, or is it going to be like more of a brew pub? Or? It will
1: be a brew pub. They will be producing uh, beers there, as well as serving their so barbecue there. So you're
0: saying they might want a live podcast of ours to happen. Oh, oh! I piqued yes. your interest, yes. 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 Um, Let it be known, anyone who listens, we're willing to do a live podcast. We don't care. Yeah. We're raw like that. We'll say good words about you. Or bad words. But we're also... We'll say words. We're for the children. For the children. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when you're talking beer, you want to be for the children. You want to be for the children. Although that's going against the Virginia Happy Hour laws. Yes.
1: Um, but yeah, Beals, I think, moving into York County. So Is going would be a kick to the brewers already in York County because they're offering something at... A very aggressive price point. Their packaging—they use cute, like red striped stubby bottles. Like I like, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: it's 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 iconic. Yeah, it's 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 way to make yourself known. And as
1: and as a beer buyer, um, my plan was always to—they had just signed with a new distribution network, and I'd always planned to bring them on. Never got the chance. But man, if you were a beer buyer listening to this, do it. Uh, they are currently distributing through. They are distributing through a pretty ugly distribution network. I know those guys. Uh, they're based at nice. Chesapeake. Yeah. They handle the distribution for beers from Richmond all the way to Southside, and wherever Blue Toad cider is.
0: <laughs> I think that wraps it up for our Virginia beer news. That wraps it up for. Oh, hours I've, of news. Actually, I'll, I'll probably just throw in one last thing. Uh, tickets yeah. tickets have gone on sale for the Whistlebill Whistle Festival August 3rd in Colonial Williamsburg. Oh. I'm, I've worked every single one. It's always a good time. It's good food. Uh, I have the Fighting Jamesons as a live band again. They were there last year. And those those, those are guys are nice. Those guys are great. Yeah. And we're talking at least 40 different beers. As well as the uh, Winery because they just offer they're offering a rosé in a can. So well, if you're looking
1: to find us, we'll be the one sh- shotgunning cans of rosé. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually been to Whistle Ballet. This year actually might be my first. I'm ninety percent sure you, this is my first. You need to
0: come. I. Uh, I mean, do you want to volunteer and help out? And- um.
1: I can actually get free tickets from friends. Right, A right, 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 uh, right. friend of mine, she's the president of oh, of JC. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. the Junior
0: Super. Women's uh the coalition or something like that, in Williamsburg. Yeah, um, they've offered me free tickets in the past, yeah. right. and I've
1: always, always had to say no because I was working. Not working. So I'm not I'm working. working. So
0: well. Um. Anyway, so August third in Colonial Williamsburg, it's. I believe it's one, pri- one price. One ticket price will get you food and drink, unlimited. So the food's really good too. It's
1: Moving forward, these news segments won't be as long. Man, I'm coming
0: in with a hot bit of late breaking news.
1: Tell me more. Tell me more. Well,
0: apparently in August, and this is not really beer related, but I feel it is important that people should know, especially the children. In August, Richmond, Virginia, in the Hollywood Cemetery, will erect a statue honoring the one and only Odoros Arragas, late lead singer of Guar. Now, this man is a cultural touchstone within the Richmond, Virginia area, and I doubt I doubt that without him, there wouldn't be such a robust beer scene in Richmond, Virginia to begin with. I can agree with that. When you see
1: Guar, you don't think, oh yeah, they're from Richmond, Virginia. Um, that was very overwhelming for me. My first move to Virginia. Oh
0: yes. Especially
1: in the last few years, where we've had uh, a Guar Bar open up in downtown
0: uh, Richmond, and have had several beers produced for them. Oh yeah. They are the movers and shakers. <laughs>
1: They're the, the secret cabal running in Richmond.
0: And as a, and don't take our jovial tone wrong. We, I truly respect what Guar has done. I think this is. Fantastic. And this will be happening August 30th. And you know what? they not official the Sanders beer here, but I bet if you had a nice Richmond craft beer around there, people would appreciate it. Alright, now that we've gone through all the news, now we can get to the fun part of the podcast. This is where Matt and I get each other a beer, and ourselves, let well, because let's face it, we like drinking beer, and so... We're doing a blind taste test. We're going to do this every podcast, I think. This is this is just a fun thing to do. And we figure we'd include you all in this. So, right now, we're going to go with the beer that I got for us. Alright. All right. Do you have any notes for me? I mean, I'd, I'd rather you just... I mean, I'll describe it... Smells it, it tart. Smells tart. That's a good observation. It has a very pinkish-orange color, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it almost has a smell of... It smells like it smells like like a summer lemonade. Um very zesty, very zesty on the t- very yeah. zesty. I'm I'm just huffing yeah. it right now. So whilst
0: huffing just... this this blood orange concoction. Mm-hmm. But you also have like maybe just a hint of it smells like salt in there. Yeah. And now we have the drink. Oh! Oh yeah. That lemonade just does not stop. Oh wow. Yeah, this is <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> No, I saw, I, I saw this one. i like, I just wanted to drink it myself. and Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Jesus Christ, it's like summer in a glass. All right. Uh, this really does taste like summer in a glass. Um, You're not ABV go- doesn't taste too high. Like, I, I don't know what the ABV is. No, on. the ABV
0: should not be. No, no, it's not high at all. Not high at all. Um, let's say maybe 3, 3.5? 3.9. 3.9, But yeah, no, you're you're right on the money there, pretty much uh, Is it produced in Virginia? It is produced in Virginia Is it produced in the 757? Let me double It's okay, it's okay No, I do not believe so No, 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 this is Is Virginia not the 757? I believe it is more 540 Okay, so Northern Virginia Uh, Northern Virginia Well, like, north, like more Charlottesville area Okay, okay let me let me, let me look the map up to give you a more precise location. So we okay, Yeah, uh, that, yeah, this will be. Is it classified as a
1: sour ale?
0: Yeah, you you can classify it as sour. Uh, and this is yeah, this is definitely northern. Okay, north, northern Virginia works. Okay. But outside the seven o three, or maybe in the seven o three, I a seven o three like Herndon.
1: I'm so sorry, listeners. I'm so, terrible about Virginia. <laughs> well,
0: 703 is like Northern Virginia, like Arlington, Alexandria, Fairfax. Okay, uh, this is more like actually,
1: Richmond, Charlottesville.
0: Uh, no, this is uh, this is Loudoun County. So yeah, Loudoun County. Yeah, seven hundred three is actually more. Okay. To be precise, I'll get I'll give you this. Hold, 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 okay. hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll give you the city, not the uh, okay, not the brewery. Okay. It's a uh, Purcellville.
1: Purcellville. That goes against what I was going to guess. What well, were you tr- gonna guess? I thought I was thinking maybe it might have come from Old Busthead in Fockwheel or here County. Um,
0: uh, it is not old Busthead. I'll I'll tell you. Um
1: that. I'm ooh. It's it appears as if it has come in a sixteen ounce bottle. 16.9? 16 16 16.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, sixteen point nine is I'm not looking I am yeah, not looking yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, 22 ounce but the 20, Oh, this is 22. Yeah, and this is a 703 area code. Now I'm just confirming. So, Hill or mm. Blue Ridge, Virginia, if you will. It's a Blue Ridge. Yeah. Um. Oh man. I've got to give up.
1: I uh, um. I, oh. I've got no idea. All got right. no idea. This is really exciting. This is whatever the- this is. Find it. Go to a bottle shop. Well, special
0: order it's Well, especially because, as I've found out, it is no longer being produced. So, this what? Is, this is a special edition.
1: This is. I really dropped the ball with mine. So just that. Uh,
0: well, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't know it until I just looked it up yeah. here. But this is the A Droid Theory is the brewery. A Adroit, Adroit
1: theory. theory. If we're talking about satellite brewing, they do a lot of their satellite brewing. At Old Busthead.
0: There we go. Oh, okay. So, if we're talking about contract if we were talking about contract brewing earlier, earlier in the hour. Um Oh my god. This is their Margarita Blood Orange Goza. And is a variant of their uh, is, is this one called The Juice? I believe it is just
1: Oh I feel like an idiot, guys. Sorry. Like, or maybe was this part of their Drank series? Or dank series?
0: Consume Sorry. life drink or art it says on the bottle. Yeah. Uh, they say it's a variant of their illusion of safety. Yeah. So So yeah, illusion of I think illusion, they illusion of safety is their unfruited goza. And yeah. so they did a blood orange margarita variant, which is fantastic, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I saw those flavors and I'm like this is just gonna be a refreshing beverage out of the bottle. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. This is a damn. Oh my beer. god! This
1: is, contains lactose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, sorry, I just pulled up. Does contain lactose? Yes, does
0: contain lactose.
1: Uh, yeah, it reminded me of old Busthead. They do a pink lemonade and a uh, lime margarita
0: sour, and it kind of it reminded me of some of that. But
1: yeah, this is oh man,
0: a great summer beer. Yes, uh, sitting on the porch, and a three point nine. Is it? Yeah, it's it's more refreshing than intoxicating, which is fine by me. Yeah, no, um, and again, I'm
1: not a huge sour person. Um, you see, I'm probably more into sours than you are. Which, I would agree with is, that. Which is which is fine. Um, I, and I say that, but like I've been I've been drinking more and more. This is. I would definitely say if you wanted to look into getting into sours, maybe starting more with the sweeter stuff and going on
0: a drier route. Oh, no, definitely. definitely. Um, uh, I mean, my... my this my, this is a gateway and a half. This, um, this definitely, yeah, this definitely will ease you into... Uh, the heavily fruited sours definitely easy into sours. I myself jumped in the deep end. Well, not the full deep end, but definitely enough. Because I started straight with uh, the Monk's Cafe Sour Ale. Okay. Monk's Cafe, they're located in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. They uh, they do good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the restaurant's quite nice, too. I've been there a couple times. I can't remember what I eat at the restaurant, but yeah, I love going to the restaurant. Oh, yes. All
1: right. Um, I'm going to say we're going to take a quick pause. Of course. And palate cleanse what I've brought to the table. Uh,
0: is something very different from what I have. Which yes. Is, which is the probably the best part about this, is that we're coming from completely... <laughs> They're inside, you know. It's like this is. I looked at this, and I'm like, this is just gonna be tasty. Yeah, that was uh, that's that's somewhere in the glass. It's that's a hum dinger, if you will. I've, I have a feeling we're gonna be going in a different direction. Just we're gonna
1: going in a slightly
0: different direction.
1: Um, as I said, I screwed up at the last minute. We are going out of the state that's okay. uh, for this, that's okay. um, but it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Let's, it's something let's... you can
0: find in Virginia, so that's a... Yes,
1: yes, and at least from what I'm seeing, its online presence is, it's very new. All right. Um, it was, wasn't was listed on this company's website until June. Okay. Um,
0: All right, so what I'm looking at here is kind of orangish-brown, but it's not too thick. So it's not, it's not... ooh, ooh. That's, yeah, that's a. It's <laughs> interesting nose. It's not a sour, not sour, but it's, this is okay. So taste. I'm not. Doesn't taste like any hops at all. That would be false. No <laughs> There are hops. Okay. They're, or, they're, well, there. Well, there's no over the top bitterness. So true. True. Uh, I will say, you know, if you know,
1: they debate whether or not IBUs are a good way to determine. And how bitter a beer is uh, the a Droid Theory that we just consumed was listed at six IBUs. This is listed at twenty five IBUs. I okay.
0: yeah. hey, I mean, it's still relatively low. I mean, we're definitely <laughs> not talking stone ruination type of uh, yes. IBU abuse. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So this one is being out uh, outside of Virginia. So I have forty nine states to pick from. I Only have... forty nine. Only forty nine. <laughs> Alright, so 49 states. This is... don't want to say California, so I'm on... Not California. Not California. If I were to give you a hint, I would yeah. say
1: you're on the right coast. Right coast. <laughs> oh, oh, so are we... Are we, are we... We're living. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, so that means I'm down to two states. states. <laughs> so we're looking at either Oregon or Washington. Uh, there's also Alaska. But, Alaska, it is, but it's, uh, not Alaska. Yeah, it's not Alaska. It's not Alaska. And I doubt it's Hawaii. It is... This is not a Hawaiian... Uh, I'm gonna say more Washington State than Oregon. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I'm just smelling the Willamette Valley from somewhere else. But huh. and remember, Willamette rhymes with damage. So <laughs> yeah, that's... I was double checking to make
1: sure that it didn't. It's a different one. I uh, I will say this will give you no hint. Um, but oh yeah, uh, Dogfish Head once produced a beer kind of like this that was that okay. I used to keep on tap at the restaurant when it first opened. It's definitely one of the different ones. I'm not sure
0: they actually produced So is this which dog, Dogfish Head beer? Which maybe the Raison d'Etra? Mm, no. No. Hard no. Hard,
1: Hard no enough. you're you're probably not gonna be able to guess it. Okay. But it is it was a spin off of one of their flagships we may have even talked about earlier okay. in the episode. Oh, whoa. whoa. So does this, is, this is
0: spin off the it's the sixty one style manner. style Okay. So very similar style. Okay. Very. Similar. You are. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So this is the sixty-one minute. Is is it was their IPA, and then it was I can't remember exactly. It was a wine cask or something. It was it was it was blended with Shiraz grapes. Shiraz grapes. There we go. So yeah, that's what, that's where you get the get the distinct. So that okay. So that's where I was thinking. Raison d'être to start <laughs> off because you know, raising the grape, you you get that. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the what's similar to the sixty-one minute. Uh, I, uh, I, I think at this moment, I I will I will defer to you. All right, I'm just happy I was able to name the sixty-one minute. You got it. You you got the a similar style. Exactly, so this exactly. this is yeah. one yeah. I had not
1: heard of, but it takes into account two styles or some of the things we've been talking about today. Yeah, Dogfish Head used to do the sixty-one minute. Yeah, it might actually just be discontinued. Uh, but this is a different one. This is you—you—you you, you were so close. Uh, this was uh, rogue ales. Oh, this is rogue. This okay. is a rogue. Okay. Um, but it is a very uncommon rogue. So this rogue beer uh, premiered in the market. Uh, it's listed on the website in June, which means it probably didn't hit our markets until recently. Uh, if you go online, it is known as the Rogue Rouge. Um, Okay. Oh, I think so. As they describe it, it is a brute IPA. Okay. uh, It's twenty five IBUs. Okay. Seven point five percent ABV. Okay. Does not feel like no. You
0: don't taste it like it's so.
1: As they describe it on their website, every day we get letters and emails that misspell our name. Heck, we even do it ourselves sometimes. That okay. up, our brewers decided to make a beer to fit the name. They started with a brute IPA and blended mm-hmm. in Oregon Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the resulting beer okay. is a pleasant comp- pleasantly complex and dry with a ro- rouge hue. Here's to better spelling through beer. Ingredients funny. to Romal Corn Flakes, Rolled Oats, uh, Mosaic Chinook Eldorado Strata, and
0: the Rogue Alluvial Hops. Well, this is uh, this is the, an interesting, an interesting on the palate, and, and and I'm afraid maybe my uh, blood orange goes out ru- wrecked my taste buds, so maybe <laughs> it's. I, but it, it's still it's still subtle. It's not it's not yeah. It's definitely, for, for an, it's definitely for an IPA, it's yeah as subtle as an IPA as you're going to get.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. We talked about <clears throat> earlier in the episode how one could say Ballast Point used to be a market leader. Uh, and then they kind of fell behind and they fell behind things like the development of of hazy IPAs and then after the initial love of the hazy IPAs the brute IPAs have been popular Mm -hmm. over the last six months Uh, Devil's Backbone has produced brute IPAs some of the local boys have produced brute IPAs I would like to figure out the exact definition of brute IPA it's still very new Uh, the Takeout actually did uh, an article about a year ago it's very dry. Yeah, no, this is,
0: it, this is a fantastic <clears throat> beer. It's
1: dry, fairly effervescent, um, and it is, it's as far away from a milkshake IPA as you can get. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, wrap it up here for us. Chris, you the- want to take us out with that sweet, sweet story? Well, uh, folks, some people drink beer. Because they just enjoy it, they just find it leisurely, relaxing. It's a nice hobby. But there are some residents in the town of uh, what town is in Germany? It is residents in the town of Ostritz, Germany. Uh, unfortunately, we're having a bunch of Nazis trying to throw a rally because that's what Nazis do—they throw rallies to be obnoxious. So the residents of Ostritz took it upon themselves as their duty. To make sure they had a bad time by drinking the entire city's beer selection. For this, we salute you. <laughs> and I wish I could have helped you. But I'm glad that we all were able to raise a glass. It's great to see them dry out. Raise a glass for a brave residents of Fosteritz. Thank and you for doing the good fights. Yes. And on that, we're signing off the first <clears throat> at the episode zero of the High Gravity Sessions. With man Chris. I'm Matthew Black. I'm Chris Darum. Cheers. <coughs> Cheers,
1: VA. Cheers, VA.